Career Matters Podcast. I am your host, Nisar Ahmed. I am the founder and editor of the blog, careermatters.com. And this is episode 24 of the Career Matters Podcast. And this episode is part of the Expert Series. And for today's Career Expert Series episode, I am interviewing Virginia Franco, who is a regular uh, contributor and columnist at Career Matters. But before I bring her on, I just wanted to read a brief introduction so everybody knows who she is. Virginia Franco is a double certified executive resume writer um, and the owner of Virginia Franco Resumes. Her resumes are 100% customized for today's readers and they got, typically garner interviews in 60 days. Her LinkedIn profiles are among the top 1% viewed, so uh, she uh, covers all aspects of writing, whether, whether it's LinkedIn, resume, cover letter. Uh, Virginia, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, I always like to start off by asking my guests a little bit about themselves. I know I read a very brief bio, but uh, I'd like to hear more. Um, how you, uh, a little bit about your practice and also how you became a career expert. Sure. Well, I have been writing resumes for more decades than I care to count, but my background is journalism and corporate communications, which means that I've, at this point, I've written for newspapers, magazines, websites, just a little bit of everything. And what I learned was that when it comes down to it, uh, with, with all sorts of skim reading and resumes and LinkedIn profiles always fall into that rush category. People are always pressed for time when reading them. Uh, they read much the same that uh, readers do of newspapers and magazines. And a lot of my success comes from incorporating the principles that I learned for writing for newspapers to my career documents. Okay. So you turned your uh, existing writing experience from the journalism field and you translated it into writing resumes and LinkedIn profiles. Yes. I always was writing for friends with a lot of success and slowly mm -hmm. but surely built up my business that way. That's great. So uh, before we get into the, the questions I have for you, uh, I wanted to ask you, where are you calling from? I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, isn't it the team, isn't it the um, hometown of the Charlotte uh, Bobcats? It is actually. <laughs> it, it's a team. It's a team owned by Michael Jordan, right? The legendary. Yes, absolutely. Player. That's right. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, what, other than that, okay, I actually shared something about Charlotte, but other than the Bobcats and the fact it's owned by Michael Jordan, what is another fun fact or something that people typically do not know about Charlotte? Uh, Charlotte, or Charlotte, is the birthplace uh, of the. Uh, some say of the Declaration of Independence. They actually signed a their own Declaration of Independence before the Founding Fathers did in Philadelphia. Well, that's that's a lot of history. That's you're going back as centuries now. Them, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's an interesting fact. Uh, it, it's good to know. Uh, now, okay, we'll get into the uh, interview. So the question I have for you is, um, in terms of in terms of the actual resume, what do you see when people come to you? What are some of the biggest mistakes they typically make? 
Uh, that's a great question. The very first piece that I see people missing is they do not include a headline and a lead paragraph in their resumes or in their LinkedIn profiles for that matter. Um, much like with a newspaper article, uh, when we are skimming, when we skim newspapers, we always read a headline and a lead paragraph. We usually don't take the time to read the full article. The same is true with resumes. So by including those two key components, what you do is you give the reader a strong sense of what your story is about, and you give them enough information to compel them to read more when they have more time. Uh, that's number one. Number two is that people don't take into account that the majority of their readers will be looking at these documents on a screen. They will not be printing them out. And online reading is quite different than print reading. Um, and in my experience, resumes that are written for print do not fare well online. Could you expand on that when you say the difference between online reading and print reading? Uh, what are we talking about? Are we talking about formatting or are we talking about fonts? What exactly are we differentiating? All of the above. So when people read online, unlike in print, we have a hard time digesting text that is very dense. Um, and after a while, black and white gets a little tiring. Additionally, certain types of fonts do not translate as well on the screen. Um, lastly, our eyes do not read as smoothly from left to right, especially when we are in a rush as they do when they're in print. What we know happens is the eye tends to start left, but then it jumps all over the place depending on what captures our attention on the screen. So you can't always count on a reader getting the most important part of a sentence, for instance, if it is not, if it doesn't appear at the very beginning or the left side of the, uh, of each sentence. Now that, that's interesting. So you're saying that people are still following the traditional method of creating resumes for print. They and, are, uh, they are. Yeah. And I write, I run every document I write past my phone. If it can't get through my iPhone you know, my five-inch screen and I can't get the salient points scrolling with my thumb, I go back to the drawing board because that is who is, that is often where people are looking at my documents. Especially LinkedIn, especially, they are, 50% um, of users are on the app. They're not on the big screens. Um, and then resume, it's upwards of half the people. It, you know, it depends on the industry, but you should count as many, as much as 50% of your readers looking at your documents on handheld devices. That's uh, that's an interesting statistics because uh, I don't think most people, even my, when I used to create my resumes, I haven't thought about that. So thanks for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, we all use um, the, our smartphones and tablets for almost everything now, right? Keeping that's in right. touch with that's people, right. banking. It's just a matter of time. It's when, everything. That's right. Yeah. And five years ago, people had smartphones, but they were not reading important documents on that. But that's all changed in the last, and I've I've seen the change dramatically in the last eighteen to twenty four months. That's that's interesting. So now we have looked at the mistakes, right? So mm -hmm. I want to switch gears on some actionable items or tips people can um, 
do to really spice up their resumes? Okay. Um, well, the, the biggest bang for your buck, in my opinion, is reformatting to appeal to an online reader. So what that means is if you have a series of bullets, when you're talking about your job description or your achievements, always make sure to have at least 0.5 points or half an inch of white space in between each and every bullet. Secondly, I recommend that people keep their bullets to no more than two lines wherever possible. Don't on a screen, you know, a four-line bullet translates into something much larger, and that becomes dense text that is much too hard for the reader to look at. Secondly, I recommend that you pick a sans serif font, which is a font that does not have a little – the serif fonts have little tails on the ends of the letters. So sans, ideal fonts for online reading are Arial, Tahoma, Calibri, to name a few. Um, and then with regards to – and this is a simple fix – make sure that you have a headline at the top of your document telling the readers the kinds of roles that you are seeking. So if you are an architect or an enterprise architect engineer, make sure to put that on the top of your resume. Don't make the reader have to guess the kinds of roles that you're targeted that you're targeting based on your experience. It's easier to spoon feed it to them so that that takes the guessing away from it. Okay, that's uh, those are great tips, and to be honest, I haven't heard them before, so that's all, that's great. I love to hear something new, oh, uh, and uh, same, same. I'm sure the readers as well as the listeners as well. They were there. That's a great tip. Um, now going back, now, so we've covered the resume, uh, and mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a controversial topic because okay. the reason it is controversial because I hear different answers. Okay, cover letters. Right, cover letters. Today, technology has changed a lot of things. Are they still relevant? That is a great question. And in my opinion, the jury is still out, but I'll tell you what I have seen anecdotally from my experience. My take is that about 30% of people read a cover letter when it is sent, whether it is asked for or not. But what I do know for certain is that when a cover letter is requested, you will not be considered without it. So what I tell people is have one at the ready, but know that when it's not requested, you have a one in three shot of it being read. Those are interesting statistics. What, I, what I'm enjoying, Virginia, about this interview so far is uh, you seem to have all the, the stats. It's like data-based, fact-based. Research. Yeah, don't so ask me great. where I found them because at this point I can't recall, but I know that they were grounded in some numbers that I have pulled over the years. <laughs> hey, listen, I I, I think uh, based on the work you do, I think those are very, uh, it sounds like uh, very fact-based numbers. So yeah. I'm not going to ask you for the yeah. sources, but it does okay, make sense. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so now we, so there is, so what I'm hearing is if I can summarize your last answer. Sure. Cover letters, when requested, are required. And if you don't send them, you might be disqualified. So, how uh, how to how can someone draft an effective cover letter? Well, that's great. Another great question. 
first off, it's important to remember that these are going to be read online. They're going to be through email or uploaded on a screen. So keep those online writing principles in practice. Keep your paragraphs to, you know, two, line, two to three lines max. Um, keep white space between everything you write. Uh, with a cover letter, um, I follow a very basic formula. The first, the first paragraph says, this is why I'm perfect for the role. Second paragraph elaborates a bit. And then I always make sure to list three achievements that showcase why I'm the perfect fit. And I make sure to have achievements that have some data or some figures in them because numbers always speak louder than words. And then in closing, as my fourth paragraph, I again I sort of repurpose what I've written on that first paragraph, rephrase, this is why I'm great, and thank them for the time. Now, that's, that's great because uh, one thing that stood out for me is the whole, whole concept of making sure your achievements are noted and data mm -hmm. because numbers stand out. It's more, uh, I think, more recruiters and hiring managers want to see actual data. You know, I save, I, I increase sales by 100%, 100 rather than I'm a, I'm a great communicator, mm -hmm. something qualitative, quantitative versus qualitative. And that's part of a big part of my resume writing collaboration with clients is to pull out those numbers um, and figures. And you don't have to be in sales to have numbers. Everyone has them. It's just a matter of figuring it out. And uh, and I'm focused on rather than listing responsibilities when I am talking about what you do, I want to showcase, I want to make sure to envelop them as an achievement. Now I want to do switch gears a little bit because you mentioned this yourself a couple of times during our interview is LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, how relevant is LinkedIn today uh, for job seekers? LinkedIn is, in my opinion, the place to build your network and find people and to get found. Uh, recruiters are on there. Uh, LinkedIn has a tool called LinkedIn Recruiter, and they have sounds seems to me they've made a gold mine off of it. Uh, it is a tool that they sell to HR companies, recruiters, and LinkedIn, and it allows people to search through LinkedIn to find qualified talent. So they're on there, and they're using that tool to find us. Um, additionally, because networking gives you such a bigger return on your job search investment. Uh, using LinkedIn to do what we used to do in the olden days, which is call people, email people, figure out who we know that know that know others. LinkedIn offers all of that information all in one place, and you can use LinkedIn to see who you know at certain companies, see who you know who know others, and really initiate those those networking discussions. Uh, yeah, that uh, I I I like the I mean I like that you brought up networking because I've had people reach out to me uh, that I've worked with a cross path in the past saying hey I noticed you work for this company do you have something to share similarly I have done that as well and that's the beauty of LinkedIn it's very very public uh, you you just logged into LinkedIn and it automatically shows you what your network is doing so. It's a great That's resource. Right. Uh, and it's yeah. a great place to figure out who you'd like to be in your network. And, and I'll throw another stat out there for you. Uh, when 
applying for jobs through online mechanisms where applicant tracking software is reading, um, you should expect about a 5% return on your investment. In other words, you almost have to apply to 100 jobs to get five responses, where through networking, you, you can expect about a six-fold return on that. Um, so if I'm going to spend my time job searching, I'm going to focus on the networking versus the tedious process of applying to hundreds and hundreds of jobs online. Oh, wow. So let, let me get this straight, right, uh, for, for the listeners, just to clarify. So if you apply traditionally to a job site, mm-hmm. you will have to apply for 100 jobs to get five responses. That's that's, yep, a, that, that's on that's, average. That's, now, mine do a little better, but yeah, about 10%, but it's not. It's It's a really frustrating process. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even if it is ten percent, it's yeah, it's a, that's not it's great. a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But with LinkedIn, you're saying that it could be anywhere from thirty to sixty percent. Yeah. Uh, wow. LinkedIn that's, using mean, it to to really to really really network. That that is that is the absolute best return on your investment when you're job searching. Yeah. Use the postings. Totally- yeah. Use the postings to see who's hiring to make sure you have the right keywordings in there to get an idea of companies that you might be interested in. But there are a variety of reasons why why postings that are available are already filled, aren't actually valid anymore. Um, so save the expense and spend a small portion of your time on that than the majority of your job search on using LinkedIn and networking. No. In in my introduction of you, I mentioned that your your profile, LinkedIn profile, is among the top one percent most viewed. So mm-hmm. that's that's a, that's a huge accomplishment because the latest statistics, LinkedIn has four hundred thirty million users worldwide. So being in the top one percent is it's amazing. So uh, the one of the questions I want to ask about LinkedIn is, what are some of the things uh, job seekers or even LinkedIn users in general can do to make their profile more catchy and effective? Sure. The first thing that needs to be done is you need to try to have as complete a profile as possible. You will rank higher on searches when all of the all of the uh, sections are complete. Now, there's some that you just can't fill out, like patents and things like that, but uh, make sure that I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen where people overlook the summary section. Uh, where they haven't filled out their personal interests or they don't have volunteer work on there. Um, all things that maybe don't seem as relevant perhaps to a job seeker, but the the point is is that the more complete your profile is, the better you'll do on searches and on views. And I'm, I believe that LinkedIn has that profile optimizer. It tells you how much you need to fill out to make it 100% complete. Yeah, I think well, and, yeah. and they, the highest you can get from, you know, LinkedIn keeps a lot of their their information close to the vest, but all-star status is sort of what you want to strive for. And there's a little circle on the top, on the mm-hmm. go to editing your profile, a little circle that says where you are in terms of in it out. All-star status is as high as you can that sounds great. Uh, so one thing I wanted to ask you is hey, now I want to uh, now I want to get uh, go back to your business. I, I you have coached or helped a lot of individuals, and uh, I, I, one thing I always like is to hear stories. So of all the individuals you have helped, 
is there uh, the, the I'm talking about the ones that have come to you for uh, they were in a situation where they were frustrated you help them with their link resume and cover letter mm-hmm. and they turn things around is there one story or one person that really stands out for you oh gosh I know it's hard I mean, to play I'm, favorite. <laughs> yeah, I'm really lucky. I have I get testimonials all the time. You know, I did just get a woman. Uh, we're probably it was in the spring, so we're in the, almost at the end of the summer, and she had taken years off to raise her children, um, and she wanted to get back into work, um, and she didn't know where to start. She was in her late thirties, early forties. Um, and so her, all of her information was dated. Um, and we, we did her resume, we did her LinkedIn profile, we did her cover letters. Um, and she immediately started getting recruiter outreach on LinkedIn. Um, and with, within a matter of two weeks, she was getting inquiries. Um, and she had a couple job offers within the end of the two month period. Wow, the transformation I mean, was just remarkable. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was expecting a story of someone who was got laid off and lost their job, but this is completely well, I've helped blue. People like that. This is amazing. Helped, no, no, yeah, this I've is people like that. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I was just so touched because she, she took the time recently to reach out to me and just tell me uh, what a big difference it made. Yeah, but she did her is, part. She did her part. Like she made sure she had a great picture of herself on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. She followed up on who was looking at her on LinkedIn. Um, she got her resume in front of anyone that she thought could help her. Um, so it was really a partnership. That's a great story. I mean, that's very inspiring. So if if she can take some time off and come back to the workforce and be be sought out, I think uh, most people are not in that situation, and they should be. They should be doing better. So that's 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 a great, inspiring story. Um, so we are coming to the end of our recording here, Virginia. I, I, so far, lots of great data, lots of great uh, information so far. Uh, any last words before we conclude? You know, I think that a lot of people, when they get started writing their own documents, they don't. They fall into the trap of let me just list all of my responsibilities. So what I always, part of my my discussion with my clients is let's talk about figuring out your achievements. Um, and so I recommend people ask themselves, what, what am I proudest of in this role? What people have I helped? What processes have I improved? Um, have I saved any time? Have I saved, helped my company save any money? Um, have were there goals set out for me that I exceeded? And generally, by asking those sorts of questions of oneself, you are able to come up with some quantifiable achievements. So and it applies from the IT world to project management, everything. Mm-hmm. So self-reflection, asking yourself those questions can help you uh, craft uh, the next path or resume for exactly. you. Okay. Craft your craft your achievements, and in doing so, you're also describing your responsibilities, um, because that people want to see. They don't want to see a laundry list of what you've done. They want to see a, a, a some bottom line example of what you can bring to your next role. 
Absolutely. Um, so if after listening to this, if the listeners wanted to reach out to you, what are some of the best ways to reach out to you? Uh, they can absolutely check out my website and contact me through that. It's virginiafrancoresumes.com. Um, my email is listed on my website as well. Um, additionally, I do offer a series of videos that, or they're not videos, they are uh, webinars that sort of outline step-by-step instructions along the lines of the information that you and I have talked about today. Because I recognize that not everyone can, uh, not everyone has a budget for writing their own, for working with someone to write documents. Yeah, uh, thanks for putting that information out there. And what I will do is, as I always write a summary of the episodes, I'll make sure to include okay. the links to the website uh, so that that people can easily find you. So, uh, I wanted to thank you for becoming being a guest here. Uh, I'm sure the listeners and my uh, have learned some great ideas as well. Uh, I must, I'll be honest. I've done this interview many times. Uh, with other experts, you've given some fresh perspective, fresh ideas. So thanks for that. Oh, I'm glad. And uh, thanks for being a guest. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, folks, for listening to this episode of the Career Metas podcast. I have written a brief summary of the interview with links uh, to Virginia's website, uh, virginiafrancoresumes.com. And if you liked what you heard, feel free to subscribe to the Career Metas podcast on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode and also learned something new, feel free to post a comment or a review. And if you really loved it, definitely go ahead and share this episode with your social uh, feeds. Until next time, this is Nisar Ahmad, your host for the Career Matters Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.